Richard. Good morning, Manchester, and to those of you in surrounding towns, welcome to Hour 3 of Gerard at Large. I am your way to awake host, Rich Gerard. Thanks for tuning in. You can find us online at GerardAtLarge.com, and you can find us on Facebook and Twitter, also at Gerard at Large, where we encourage you to like us and to follow us because we just want to be loved. All right, I got two things that I want to accomplish in this hour. Um... Since we were thrown a bit off our schedule this morning and didn't get a chance to talk about it earlier, we will take the opening segment to talk about what happened at the Board of Mayor and Alderman last night. And then we're going to uh, do an interview with Joyce Craig. The empty chair will be there, and she can respond to it as she sees fit. But uh, Joyce Craig was uh, offered this entire hour very publicly, not just on the air, but on social media. Uh, to come in and address what she uh, considers to be the inaccurate things that we have said about uh, her positions on the air. You know, I had a conversation with her husband not too long ago who said that, uh, well, you know, it's kind of their feeling that I've been a little slanted towards Ted and a, you know, a little, little harsh on Joyce. And my response to him was, I said, look, Mike, it's not my job to put what the what what any candidate for any office wants in the light that they want to put it in. It's my it's my job to give them the opportunity to come on the air. And people who listen to the show, and I know the Craigs do, um, know, as you do in our large and loyal listening audience, that we don't we don't attack people here when we have them as guests. We might we don't always agree with them, and we will ask them tough questions. But we give them a chance to state their position and their point of view. If Joyce Craig is going to send out emails to her supporter base saying that I've lied about her in attacks, then I think she has a responsibility to uh, 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 detail what lies I've told about her and her supporters. And I sent an email to the campaign saying, since you've accused me of lying, perhaps you will tell me about what I have lied. If the record needs to be corrected, I will gladly correct the record. No response. She has been invited on this show publicly and privately on multiple occasions for the last three years. And she has chosen not to respond. Okay. It is not my goal. And I, as I, as I tell everyone, as I told Michael, I said, look, all I can do as a, is, is see what they do, comment on what they do and come to my own conclusions in the absence of any advocacy on the other side. And I'll tell you, for those who, who think I'm in the tank for Ted Gatsis, I think those who listen to these interviews know that if I don't agree with Ted Gatsis, like I didn't agree with him on this uh, rezoning, I don't, I'm not exactly a shrinking violet from my point of view. But you see, I think the mayor has the right approach to this because the mayor will take those questions as an opportunity to state his case. Now, you don't have to agree with his case. You don't have to like his case. But I think you should appreciate the fact that he made his case. And isn't that what you want from your politicians? Isn't that what you want from your elected leadership? If they agree with you, great. If they don't agree with you, do you respect them more when they explain why they don't agree than when they refuse to show up and defend their position or otherwise explain it to you? If Joyce Craig can't handle a radio interview with someone who knows the issues every bit as well as she does and probably better, how's she going to handle being mayor? 
where I promise you, almost nobody agrees with you at some point in time. And that probably is a good pivot into this discussion on the rezoning in South Manchester. I do have to give props to Alderman Kevin Kavanaugh in Ward 1, who we are as sometimes critic of for his, for his politics and his votes, but he got it right on this one. He said, you got to listen to the neighbors. It's their neighborhood. And I'll give him credit for saying he learned his lessons over the debacle in Ward 9 where multiple aldermen were interfering with Barbara Shaw and her attempts to get a handle on what was going on in her neighborhoods over the traffic issues surrounding Walmart. And Pat Long made a good point last night in opposition saying, we appear to be on the verge of a neighbor, another neighbor war like we had in Ward 9. We had residents of one street attacking and accusing residents of another. He said, this is not good for us. And Barbara Shaw, I have to tell you, I just, the, uh, Barbara, in my opinion, has become sort of a naked advocate for interests that are not so well hidden. She's been sweet on this kid, Will Soa, never opposed anything that he's wanted to do for a long time. I don't know if there's some kind of a personal connection there or what. But for her to try to say this is different than Walmart because Walmart was a commercial thing over traffic. Um... And, and this is, uh, you know, about zoning and blah, 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 blah. To me, is I was thunderstruck to hear what came out of Barbara Shaw's mouth. I really, really was. Hypocritical, to say the least. She was not happy when various aldermen, including, if not especially, at-large alderman Dan O'Neill, were really screwing her up with her neighbors and her neighborhoods over the Walmart traffic thing. You can have honest disagreement on, on uh, what should happen. And as an at-large alderman, I sometimes did uh, uh, with, with my ward colleagues. But to interfere the way they were with her ability to try to bring her neighborhoods together and come to a resolution on this was awful. And she was bitter about it, frankly. And for her to tell Katzi and Tonus and all those neighbors that they were wrong, that they were being listened to, and that, well, the totality of the circumstances, A, B, C, D... Blew my mind. I got to tell you, disappointed in Bill Shea, too. Bill Shea is one of those aldermen who's like, it's my ward, and what I want to happen to my ward is what you're going to do. Okay? He's very protective of Ward 7. He has served it well. He knows it like the back of his hand, and God help you if you even so much as take a constituent call out of Bill uh, Shea's ward. I made that mistake as an alderman at large, and I got an earful from Billy Shea. That's his ward. I'm not to do anything in his ward. So, uh, and, and up until last night, he was opposed to this thing. He was one of the few votes against it going through the process. What got to Billy Shea? I have no idea. But a guy who expects the other alderman to support him on matters in his ward ought to return that, in my opinion, to aldermen like Katzi and Tonus, who basically said, my residents don't want it. My neighborhoods don't want it. Nothing against Mr. Soha. Fine man, great developer, but this is not right for my neighborhood. And just like I have supported all of you who have had issues in your wards and done what you've wanted for your ward, I'm asking you to do the same for me. Shay abandoned that. Shaw abandoned that. Shocking. And then there's our good friend, Ron Ludwig, who very 
very, very smartly kept his big fat mouth shut. He's not always smart enough to do that. But he voted against the wishes of the ward alderman and the and the neighborhood. Do you, this is the same Juan Ludwig who, when there was a proposed zoning change in his neighborhood on Wellington Hill, that would go from residential single-family zoning to more urban single-family zoning with smaller houses on smaller lots in a more dense neighborhood. Well, he fought that thing tooth and nail. And it was his ward and his residents didn't want it. And you'll never guess who was looking for the rest of the board to support him. So he turns right, stabs Katzi and Tonus on the back. If memory serves me, Katzi and Tonus supported him in Ward 2. But I remember well that Ron Ludwig was one of the people that the late C.R. Arthur Susie put the arm on for this kid, Soa. I got nothing against Soa. I'm not going to say that he doesn't build a good property. I'm not going to say he doesn't maintain it well. I am going to say he's not going to live forever, and at some time, he's going to cash it in. What happens to all of these developments that he has? He has almost over a 1,000 units now when he decides that he's going to start selling them off, which usually will be about the time as these things normally go where you have to start putting in significant money to redo roofs and other infrastructure, siding. You know, that stuff ain't cheap. What happens if the economy tanks and he does, he does what Sunset Ridge did and goes Section 8 on people? That tripled the number of free and reduced hot lunch kids at the Weston Elementary School inside of five years. It went from 17% to almost 50 in five years because they allowed, because that complex went Section 8. Now, folks, I don't need to tell you what that's done to the school district's ability to serve these kids because all of a sudden you have an influx of poor, needy kids and, ah, oh, my head. Not that we don't want to serve them. But how do you take on so many so quickly? It has an impact. But for Dan O'Neill to basically say, tough luck, this isn't a Green Acres issue. We have big class sizes all over the city. And I don't care that what I'm about to do is going to add to it. Yeah, barbershop. We built 199 units on Bradley Street. and She did this bubble bond track. And there are only 58 kids that come out of that 199 units. Oh. <gasps> If 58 kids come out of these 160 units, if 50 kids come out of these, they're all going to Green Acres. (laughs) Now, and then O'Neill has the audacity to yell at the school board for not, quote, lowering class sizes. Hey, Danny, why don't you go back on your agenda from last night in which Dr. Vargas gave you a report about the extra 14 teachers that we put into elementary schools specifically to lower class sizes in this budget, and I'd be willing to say it's probably more because I'm pretty sure on my finance reports, I've seen already a projected deficit in the teacher salary line on it because we hired more teachers than we planned to to try to do the class size thing. Now, what are you telling me about redistricting? If you go drop 60, 100 kids on me in one neighborhood, you don't think that that's going to have a profound effect on the redistricting? You don't think that people who moved into the Highland Goss Falls School or the Green Acres School District or whatever it is, you don't think that some of them are going to be displaced when we are forced to redraw lines to accommodate these unchecked developments that you folks are allowed to be built, whether it's on South Mammoth Road or Hackett Hill or other places? You don't think there's going to be significant dislocation of students 
based on where they live, based on neighborhoods their parents moved into because they wanted that school. Hey, listen, I'm all for a school choice model, but until we get there, we have to deal with attendance districts. And for him basically to say, tough luck, my kid's in a class with 26 students and yell at the school board, dismiss Jimmy LaHue, who I thought raised some excellent points. You know, we don't know any, there've been no studies. We don't know the traffic impact. We don't know the service impact. We don't have a, a, we know nothing. So why are you going to do this until you actually know what the potential impacts are? Please table it and get this information. No, instead we yell at the school district about its failure to lower class sizes, which this move won't help, or redistrict, which this move won't help. But, you know, and then there was Lavasser. Now, the fellow he was attacking is a developer. He builds single-family homes. He is he lives in this neighborhood and he is I believe in a butter. If he's not in a butter, he's close enough that it matters. But to sit there in public session and attack him as a charlatan, as someone who's trying to deep six the project because he wants to build homes there? And O'Neill piled on. He said, "Yeah, I met with him. He's a perfect gentleman, but I think he hopes it fills so he has a chance to build houses there." Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. I don't know. But to angrily, the way Lavasser did, see, people wonder why. I'll tell you what, people wonder why residents don't show up to express their opinion. It's because on one hand, they feel that they're going to be ignored at best. And on the other hand, they're going to be called a charlatan. They're going to be called despicable. They're going to be called all kinds of names. Oh, they're going to be said that they're going to be called pathetic. And denounced in public? The one thing that didn't make the news read, and I believe it was the person who was called a pathetic charlatan brought up in the uh, non-public session, was that they disagree with the city's interpretation of whether or not there were enough abutters to file the protest petition. And they all but said, if you pass this on a a simple majority, we're going to take you to court. They read from the statute which says that the city may not count any road footage that abuts the property as an abutter. So in other words, the city can't include itself in the discussion. He said, if you back out the frontage, which the city did not do for the roads that abut the property, we have 20.2% of the abutters who have signed this protest petition requiring you to do this by a two-thirds vote. If they're right, especially after the way they got dressed down by certain aldermen last night and told basically to talk to the hand, which had its middle finger extended. You can expect to see this one in court because you get some real pissed off people. And frankly, not because they didn't get their way on the vote, but because of the way they were treated by members of the board, they should be pissed off. And if they're right, this one's going to court and the board of aldermen's going to have to do it again. And you know what? 10 votes were not cast in favor of this thing. It would fail under the protest petition. This is Gerard at Large.